My name is John. I'm one of the pastors here at Anderson Hills, and I'm just so thankful to get to spend this holiday weekend with you, and uh, it's just such a blessing to get to share God's Word with you. You know, today I want to share with you about something that uh, is one of, the, one of the things that God can use to draw you a lot closer to Himself, or it's something that could, quite frankly, move you further away from the Lord. It's a really important thing, and we're talking in this series about uh, wisdom from the book of Proverbs, and we're wrapping it up today, and we're looking at the wisdom that Solomon shares about friendships. Friendships are an amazing gift from God. Uh, friends can draw us closer to the Lord or, quite frankly, can take us further away. And I want to share with you about this because I believe that our friendships can be life-changing and should be life-changing for us. I know as we talk about friendships, Many of you would give thanks for a variety of types of friends in your life. Uh, maybe you have some social butterfly friends, right? The kind of people you go out to dinner with or you go on vacation with. You just have great times together. We give thanks to God for that. What a gift of God that truly is. Or maybe you have some book club friends, the kind of people that you can uh, read and you can study, you can go deeper with things about and just interact together on things that interest you. Maybe you've got some exercise friends, kinds that they help you push through that, that, that wall you're hitting, whether it's with your 5K or your marathon or your race to the refrigerator. That's my favorite race myself, just me speaking, whatever it may be. Or maybe you've just got some funny friends. They're just goofy and you love them just because you love them, right? Uh, there's so many types of friendships, and these are a gift from God. Maybe you've got friends at work. You help each other with projects. Uh, you've got friends who are parenting friends, who help you keep your sanity while raising kids. Uh, maybe you've got uh, friends uh, who are uh, project friends. When things around the house aren't going so well, you call them to come fix it. Whatever it is, friendships are truly a gift. They're truly a gift from the Lord. I hope that you have the best kind of friends, though. And those others are real good. But I hope that you also have some, some thick and thin friends. You know what I mean, the ones who are there for you in the hardest of times and the best of times. The ones maybe you've done years or decades of life together, and they're truly a gift. They're truly a gift. Maybe for some of us today, we've had those kind of friendships, and there are even folks who've passed on into eternity, and we just pause now to give God thanks for those relationships. What a gift they have been. What a gift. Thank you, God, for how good you are, that you bless us with friends. You know, that kind of friendship is a rare gift. It really is. I read a study. It compared data from 1990 to 2021. So we're spanning 31 years plus a global pandemic. So that's a factor in here. But they looked at this, and they found that the, in that time, there, they asked people how, how many Americans there would be who had zero really close friendships, okay? So the amount of people would say, hey, I, I know people, but I don't have any real close friendships. In that 31-year period, that number quadrupled, quadrupled. If you're here today and you're saying, you know, I don't know that I have any real close friendships, you're not alone in that, number one. But number two, I want you to know that we care very deeply for you here at Anderson Hills. Whether I know you personally or whether I don't, I want you to know that we do care very deeply for you. 
And we want for you to have these kinds of friendships. As we, we have uh, bands and life groups. Uh, we, might, we invite you to join one of those. Even sign up this week. Maybe it's been on your mind or your heart. You've been thinking, you know, I need to do that. I need to connect with some people here. It's a great way to do so. In fact, one of the challenges of a church that's a little bigger and has a variety of different services and whatnot is that it can be easy to start attending and not really connect in real ways with people. You get a few people you wave at, but that's about it. And, and, and friend, I want more for you. I want more for you than just that. Like, that's a good start, but I want you to have some relationships here that you can go deeper with. Some people who love Jesus, and they love you, and they, they want you to experience Jesus in these friendships. Uh, our, our life groups, they meet together, and uh, they, they do life together. Uh, they care about each other. They go through the tough times, the good times together. They study God's Word together. Our bands are even, even more for that. They, they're small groups of people, even smaller groups, that hold each other accountable and, and confess stuff to one another and pray for each other, really doing life on life together. I challenge if you're not in one or both of these, uh, let this be a week that you sign up for that. I really believe that God can use that to change your life. Let's check out some wisdom for, that Solomon has to say in Proverbs. There's a few things. Uh, first of all, he says uh, that we should choose our friends wisely. You probably heard that from mom and dad growing up. Well, they might have got it from Solomon because it's in there too. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. He's pretty straightforward, isn't he? And Solomon is routinely contrasting wisdom and foolishness, and he's really clear on this. Walk with the wise and become wise, associate with fools, get in trouble. We know this is true, right? Because I bet, if, and I know this might be a little painful, but if you think back to some of your worst decisions, maybe some that not even many people know about, and you think back to those moments, I have a feeling that you were either by yourself or with the wrong group of people in at least most of those. If you were with the right people, then your definition of right people is probably not a good one. Because would the right people really let you go down those roads? If they're the right people, wouldn't they be challenging you? Saying, hey, let's, let's do better. Let's do something different. Let's not do that, or let's do that good thing, whatever it may be. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get into trouble. Another version of this proverb, maybe a modern version, would be that you can't soar with the eagle, eagles if you're flocking with the turkeys. <laughs> There's some truth to that too, right? Your friendships, they make a difference. Proverbs 12.26 says that the godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. If you're with the right people, they want you to go the right direction. It's wicked to want someone to do anything else. Solomon expands even more, Proverbs 18, 24. He says, there are friends, in quotes, who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Isn't that awesome? A real friend could love you maybe even closer than your own family of origin. What a gift. That's a real gift right there. As the old phrase goes, you can choose your friends, but not your relatives, right? So choose them wisely. Choose your friends wisely. One side note, though, this doesn't give us license to go and be rude to others. I don't want you to go home and say, hey, you know, my, fr my pastor said that I'm an eagle and you're a turkey, so 
can't be friends. I'm like, don't do that. I'm not owning that, number one. Number two, it's not loving. But seriously, uh, you, it often isn't talking about getting rid of friends. It may be talking about just who you prioritize. Who are you putting as the central friends in your life? You, you can have some other friends, maybe a little turkey at times, but, but you know, who are your central friends? And what are they contributing to your life? Why? Because if you want to predict your future, look at your closest friends. We say this to teenagers all the time, right? I say this all the time in my household. It's often not heated as well, as you might guess. But if you want to predict your future, look at your closest friends. Those two, three, four people you spend the most time around, that's probably the direction that you're heading. Do you like it? Great. If not, it's time to change who those central friends are. And in all seriousness, there may be some times that you need, that you need to move away from some friendships. If you've got a friend that you're just doing stupid stuff together, it may be time to leave that friendship. Not rudely, but it may be time to move on. If, if there's friends who don't, um, who don't value your convictions and are always challenging you to do things that you know you shouldn't, is it really worth having those friends? Proverbs twenty two twenty four says, don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you'll learn to be like them and endanger your soul true for hot tempers, but I think it's true broader than that. When, when we choose friendships that are, that are contrary to the way God calls us to live, Solomon defines that as a danger, a danger to our own soul. And you know Jesus' thoughts on that, right? Matthew chapter 16, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world and yet lose your own soul? Is anything more valuable than your soul? We've got, to protect our, we've got to protect ourselves by prioritizing the right friendships and avoid, avoiding ones that would just be destructive. Choose your friends wisely. Second, God uses people to shape people. Proverbs 27, 17 says it this way. As iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. I like this. As iron sharpens iron, right? You've seen this before. A friend sharpens a friend. Some of you are getting hungry for hibachi right now, right? Every time I do this, a hibachi joint locally gives me five bucks, so I'm just going to keep on. Not true. But seriously, this, this isn't the best way to sharpen a knife, but it is a way, right? Because as they rub against each other, the blades, there's a little bit of friction that happens, right? And just a little tiny bit of that knife blade gets scraped off, making it sharper, right? As iron sharpens iron... A friend sharpens a friend. I love that. What an awesome metaphor. Are your friendships sharpening you? In the original language, in fact, it says it this way. It says, as iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens the face of a friend. Now, that sounds weird, right? I don't want to have my face sharpened personally. That sounds painful. But in the original language, the word face can be used to refer to something more than just this. Face can be used to refer to the deepest parts of who you are. We might say, as iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend's soul or heart. Do your friends do that for you? When you interact, when you talk, are you getting sharper or are you getting more dull? When 
when, when you are spending time together, are you doing things that are sharpening you? Are these friendships making you better? Or are they making you more spiritually dull? Because God wants you to have these kinds of friendships where life on life, it's good for you, it's good for them, it helps draw you each closer to Jesus. This could be one of God's greatest tools in your life to sharpen you spiritually. I read one commentator, he said, this is an optimistic view of friendship. Yes, it is optimistic, but that doesn't mean it's not realistic. You know it's true because you've probably experienced it in your life before. I bet... I bet that some of your best qualities reflect some of your friends around you. I hope that's the case for you. I hope that some of your best qualities show how some of the best qualities of your friends because we rub off on each other when we do this. The Journal of Happiness Studies, which sounds like a great publication to read, right? If I had to study something, happiness sounds great, right? They, they said this, and I quote, what distinguishes consistently happy people from less happy people is the presence of rich, deep, joy-producing, life-changing, meaningful relationships. Notice it doesn't say surface-level relationships, you just joke and talk about the weather. Like, yeah, that's fine, but that's not going to bring real happiness about it. It says that these rich, deep, joy-producing, life-changing, meaningful relationships that these are, these are significant factors in distinguishing happy from unhappy people. That's not surprising, right? But it makes sense. They, they take it even further, though. They say the reverse is true as well. Emotionally isolated people are more prone to depression, anxiety, loneliness, low self-esteem, substance abuse, sexual addiction, and difficulties with eating and sleeping. So in other words, if you isolate yourself, you are more prone to a number of bad health issues, not, not just like emotional, but also physical as well. In fact, it, they take it even further, and they said this, people who have bad health habits, but who still remain connected, live longer than people who have great health habits, but are disconnected from close relationships. Now, it doesn't need to be either or, okay? Like, you don't have to choose, oh, I can either have healthy habits or I can have friendships. If, if you're having to choose, that probably means you've got the wrong friendships, right? But, but it's saying that our friendships have, according to this study, even greater impact than, than some physical habits that we might have. It said this, that it said that if you belong to no close groups of friends, but then you join one, you get some closer friends, that you cut your risk of dying by 50% in the next year. <laughs> Again, it's one study. I don't know if that's accurate, but that's pretty significant. It also explains, when I shared these findings with Amy Tomlinson, uh, she also uh, created a, our new uh, campaign for life groups this fall. <laughs> We're still workshopping it, but you know. But seriously, I don't know if the 50% is right or not, but I do know this. If you have close, meaningful, life-changing relationships, your life is going to be a lot more fulfilling here on this earth. Hands down. If you isolate yourself, you're going to find that you're going to miss out on a lot of good things in life that the Lord has for you. I really believe that. 
I really believe that with all my heart. I've experienced it in my own lives. We need those kind of healthy friendships, right? Those kind of things that spiritually sharpen us, that when we're doing life together, we're getting sharper, we're getting better, we're getting challenged. Why? Because I'm honest. I'm sharing about what's going on in my life. I'm sharing about my needs. I'm sharing about my failures. I'm sharing about my struggles. I'm sharing about my successes. And my friends are encouraging me. They're challenging me. They're challenging me to be the person that God's calling me to be because people shape people. God uses other relationships to shape your life. God wants to use friendships to draw you closer to himself. And and I wonder, I wonder sometimes if maybe the reason we don't experience this sharpening is because we're not being honest. We have other people in our lives that they're close to us and we love them and we care about them, but we're not really transparent with them. We'll talk about that more in just a little bit, why we might do that. But stop hiding and be real. Also, maybe if you're struggling to find these kind of friendships, it's easy to complain about the friends we don't have, but what if you start internally and say, how can I be that kind of friend that I want to have? Because if you be that kind of friend that you want to have and you find the right people, you're going to experience that kind of relationship. It'll take time. It's not always easy. Relationships are tough. I get that. But, but it's worth it. Proverbs 17, 7 says this, A friend is always loyal, and a brother, or we could add sister, is born in times of need. God used people to shape people. Isn't it awesome how God gives us friends for those times of need? Don't go through life alone. God didn't create you to do life alone. He created you to be in relationship with others. The Holy Spirit longs to be powerfully at work in every close friendship. God didn't make you to to do life by yourself. But it takes work. It takes effort. It takes vulnerability. And and, and friend, if if you're here and you're saying, you know what? I'm not willing to invest in those kind of friendships. I... That's, that, that's good for like all those kind of like, you know, weaker people who need all that support, whatnot. But quite frankly, I'm pretty strong. I'm pretty tough. I've been through a lot. I've made it through a lot on my own. I, I, I don't need it. I'm good. Friend, I, I don't mean to be rude, but according to Proverbs, you're acting like an arrogant fool. If that's your position... Do you really think that you have it so together that there's nobody else that could add value? Do you, do you really think that, you've, that, that, that God wouldn't like somehow help you to grow spiritually if you've got some other strong friendships in your life? Do you really think you've got it all that together? I don't think any of us do. God did not create you to do life alone. He doesn't want you to do life alone. A friend is always loyal. A brother is born in times for, to help in times of need. Don't shortchange yourself on one of God's most valuable tools to shape your life. Like we said earlier, the number of Americans with these kind of friendships, it's dropped radically in the past few decades. Think back to 1990, that's before probably any of us had internet at home, and certainly, certainly long before social media was even a thought in anybody's mind. And I'm not saying that those are evil things, but Statistically, the average American spends about two and a half hours a day on social media. 
That's a lot. Now, maybe our teenagers skew the numbers a little bit. Mine do. But, but still, the danger of these things is that, that we can have a lot of contacts through social media. And they're even called friends on some platforms, right? And we can know about them because of the stuff they post. And we can feel connected with them. And that's not all bad, but it can give this myth of like, yeah, I have close friendships because I know that the Joneses are here on vacation. And I know that, that, that Bob had this for supper yesterday. And I know that Sally's kid won that race at school and stuff. And fine, but that's not what we're talking about. That's not life-on-life relationship that's really going to shape you and transform you to be more and more into the likeness of Jesus Christ. I want more for you than just that. I don't want you to settle for just that. Don't let that ever replace real life-on-life relationships because those relationships are harder than just scrolling or swiping. They take real investment and they take real risk, but it's worth it. Real relationships are, are tough because in order to have them, we've got to trust each other. And you know, friend, if you're hearing this stuff and it's hard, I wonder if there's a possibility that it all goes back to some trust stuff. Because all of us have had times where we have trusted somebody and our hearts have been broken. Instead of a knife sharpening a knife, it feels like we got the knife in the back, right? You know what that's like. And when that happens, it gets really easy to put up some walls, some defenses. Because a normal thing for people is that, that when we get hurt, we tend to not do it again. You touch the hot stove, you know, I don't want to feel that again, so I'm not doing that again. And maybe for you, you look at friendships and and you used to let people in. You used to let some people close. You you let even maybe one person in. And that person, they really hurt you. They did some things they shouldn't. They said some things they shouldn't. They violated that trust. Maybe it was a, a, a romantic partner. Maybe it was a business partner. Maybe it was a best friend. If that's you, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry that that happened. It wasn't God's will for your life. I wish it wouldn't have happened. And I can get why you'd put up some walls. I've done that myself before. But that's not God's best for you. It's not. Because real relationships are risky, but friends, real relationships are worth the risk. We see this in Solomon's writings. Real relationships are worth the risk. And and maybe you've done the cost-benefit and you haven't come to that conclusion. You've, You've said, you know what, I'm not sure that's the case. Because I let somebody in and they did some damage. So I've decided now that I'm going to keep everybody about that far away. So yeah, we can know each other, we can talk, we can get to know each other, we can have some fun. But once you get here, that's about it. Nobody gets in this space anymore. The problem is, friend, if you're doing that, you are missing out on one of the most life-changing things that God could use in your life. 
you're missing out on one of the most powerful things. You're missing out on real life-changing accountability and love and support. You're missing out on the opportunity to be loved and to love in ways that you can't. You can't when you're keeping everybody out this far. You're going to go through tough times. Yesterday, a, a guy from my band called me. He was going through a tough time. We talked on the phone for half an hour just because he said, I just need a pep talk. I, I don't have any huge solutions for him that he didn't know. But God uses our friendship both directions to support each other. I never make a single massive decision in my life without consulting these guys. And when I'm struggling, I always tell them because I need them. I had to get over myself. I had to get over my arrogance thinking I could do it myself. I had to get over some hurts. I had to put some of that stuff in the past because real relationships are worth the risk. Listen to what Solomon says in another book, Ecclesiastes. He's talking about friendship and he says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a trip of a braided cord is not easily broken. Don't be out there all by yourself. You need others. We need the support of others. And, and if you've been burned and you're keeping people at arm's length, I want you to remember that we serve a God, God of resurrection. Jesus rose from the dead, and that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of you and me. So maybe, just maybe, God wants to do some resurrection work in friendships in your life. Maybe God wants to bring in a new friend, if you're willing to, to have some vulnerability there. Maybe God wants to resurrect some old friendships. Maybe there's somebody God's been laying on your heart, even in this moment, that you know you need to call them up. And maybe you need to apologize. Or maybe you just need to do some, some bridge building. Maybe you need to just be gut-level honest and say, you know what, here's the fact, I need you. I just, I love you and I care about you and, and sometimes I, I act like I've got it all together, but the fact is I don't. I need somebody that I can go to when I'm hurting. I just, I respect you and I value our friendship so much. Could I come to you when I'm going through tough times? Or here's something I'm struggling with. And maybe I should have told you sooner, but here it is. I'm just going to be vulnerable because I trust you. But I need you to pray for me. I need you to, to support me and to encourage me. And, and I give you permission to call me out, to challenge me, because I don't always have it together. And I want somebody to be iron sharpening iron in my life, and I'm willing to do that for you too, if you're willing. What if you had that kind of conversation? Is there somebody in your life that you trust enough you could do that with? Friend, Jesus wants to do resurrection work in your life and in your friendships. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask for God's healing power to be at work even in our midst now. Would you pray with me? Jesus, you are the great physician. Some of us have deep wounds in our hearts that are even bringing tears to our eyes right now. Others of us, we're bumping up against a hard space in our soul right now. And we have promised ourselves that we would never let ourselves be hurt again. 
Jesus, would you, would you soften every hard heart in this room? We didn't want it to be this way, but here we are. So Lord, we give you our hearts. We give you our lives. We ask that you would bring in friendships that would sharpen us, like iron sharpens iron. That you would bring in friends that love us closer than a brother or sister. That you would bring in friends that would shape us and that we would shape them. Lord, I just pray for a supernatural act of healing. I pray for opening of doors too. I pray for those who who they've had these friends, but, other, but their friends have gone on to life eternal. Lord, would you help us to engage with some new friends in this way? Sure, it'll be different, but help us to have the courage to trust again, to love again. And Lord, I pray for those of us that we have friendships like this, but the fact is we're not really, we're not really doing it. We're not really being honest. We're not really willing to speak the hard truths or to love deeply. Give us the courage to do that. Give us the courage to love like you love. Jesus, I thank you that you are the best friend that we could ever have. And Lord, if if there's anyone here who truly feels there is no friend in their life, help them to know that that is not true because we all have you, Jesus. That when we give our lives to you, that you love us better than any earthly friend ever could. And Lord, I pray that you would just fill every, every lonely heart with your love right now. That you would fill every broken heart with your love. That you would truly stick with us, Jesus. That you would be our best friend. That you would bind up the wounds that you would heal us. God, we're going to gather at your table here. And I believe that in this meal that there is power. I believe that in this meal that there is healing. Your body was broken so that ours could be made whole. And I pray that you would do that work in great and mighty ways right now, Lord as we seek you, as we meet you here at your table. We thank you, Jesus, for your gift and for your sacrifice. We love you, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.